to heaven reigns, oh bless your name, your righteous name, oh Lord, bless your name, Lord, bless your holy name, I will stand in the sanctuary and bless your Bless 
Jesus. Hearing him call me his own, just feeling at home. Feeling at home. Putting my feet right under his table. Cast and Zoom and a different social media, my God, I feel at home. <laughs> I got a right. Not by anything that I've done because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I have a right. I have an access. I have authority to actually go before the throne of God with my prayers, with my petitions, with my supplications, with my intercessions. Why? Because Jesus Christ has rent the vein, the veil. Now my throne, my prayer no, no longer is limited by space, by time, by distance, my God, I can access the throne of God. Aren't you happy about that? I think Paul put it like this, and come boldly, that's your prayer, that's not you. Come boldly before the what? Throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. I can stop right there. You can obtain mercy. Hey, man, mercy is something that you didn't deserve. You deserve something different, but God winked at your ignorance. The word mercy is like compassion. Uh, it felt it not. Because of his mercy, I can go before the throne of grace. And not only do I get there, but I can find grace. I can obtain mercy and find grace. When? In the time of need. When is the time of need? All the time is the time of need. Thank you, Lord. I say, thank you, Lord. I'm feeling at home. What about you? We're no longer aliens. Uh, how you put it? From the commonwealth of Israel. But we are fellow citizens. Hallelujah. Hey, man, you ought to talk about it. If you don't, I will. I'm feeling at home. But one before that is more appropriate for me. Praise him on, praise him in, in his sanctuary before his people. You know, before we go to, before we go to a king, we always have to acknowledge that king and say, you know, you are a great king or whatever, okay? Our praises and our thanks and our, our adjectives, whichever you want to call, Grace and we before the throne, we say, Lord, hallelujah, praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. We acknowledge you, and we thank you for what you, are, what you have done and what you are doing for us. Well, you know, that's to the king, but now it's to the sanctuary, to the people. I want to thank you, praying to God for me, for my health, for my welfare, and showing the Lord that I deserve another chance. <laughs> and so, and I want to thank him for that. I want to thank my, my saints, my brothers and sisters for that. Because without them, I had no existence. 
this is it. This is it for me. There is nothing else, okay, but the family of, jo of Jesus, okay, family of God. And I just want to thank everybody for your prayers and what you've done. I was listening to those testimonies last Sunday. Lord, every testimony that got that spoken had me in it. And from the time from Ashland to San Marcos, all in between, I said, all of that is me, Lord. I said, Lord, I want to thank you for what you have done for me, what you have given me from that time to this time. All that I've gone through, all that you have blessed me with, all that you've shown me, my understanding has been enlightened to the point that I never thought it would be. When I first went to, got into Ashland, knew nothing. I was ignorant as a, as a flea. They didn't know anything. But, but since that time, the Lord has blessed me to open my eyes, my understanding, okay, so I can see, okay, so I can hear what he's saying. And I want to thank him for that. And this has been one glorious trip for me. So I want to thank the Lord for what he's done and thank him for these people because this is my life and this is what I live for. And I want to thank the Lord for being here tonight and thank him for delivering me. And the doctor said, well, my wife told me they didn't do what I thought they had done. So why did you keep me? <laughs> why did you bother me then? Okay. They well, sent the thing. And I said, well, no, they did this. She said, no, they didn't. I went through all this for nothing. So, no, but they're doing some things now. They did some uh, checking and got to go back for some, call it a uh, testing or whatever, uh, no, stress testing. See if, if everything is all right. And I know everything's going to be all right because why? Because the people of God are going to bombard him, okay, about me. And I want to thank you. And I want to thank the Lord for hearing you. So I thank the Lord for being here tonight. I'm sorry. Three weeks since I've been here. Uh, I've been gone three weeks, so this is the fourth fourth week, and um, I don't get a a break when I'm in San Marcos, and when I'm there, since I'm not there all the time, I, I gotta I gotta stand up and, and you know try to encourage the people. Not that y'all need encouraging at all, but I'm just thankful just hearing all the words of those songs. Um, I'm just happy to be a part, happy to be a part of the family of God. Uh, I was thinking about uh, one of the verses to that, one of the first songs we sang, how I, I couldn't even imagine this. And all of my, all of my wish and all of my prayers, I couldn't imagine being a part of a group of people, not just coming to church, but actually working on themselves. And sometimes, you know, we, we sing a song also, it's slow going, but this I'm knowing, that one day perfect, if I just keep on striving, Brother Elton, one day perfect I'll be. And even in Isaiah 28, it says, you know, it's, it's here a little, it's there a little, it's line upon line, it's precept upon precept. But it's not just for hearing. It's not the hearers of the word, but it's doers. So I'm thankful to be a part of people that actually want to do the word of God, get it right. If we fall in, we want to get back up because it's not worth staying in the, in the muck and the mire. We want to get up because God has blessed us. He's a king, though. You, you're right, Brother Alton. Brother Harris, when you come before a king, and this was written back in the days when, you know, we, we, we disrespect our leaders now. All our governors and our presidents, we, you know, we talk bad about them, but the kings back then, Brother, you couldn't say anything. You couldn't even come before him with a sad countenance. If, you, if your face wasn't right, just even your, your, your countenance, you couldn't come before him with a sad face because you can lose your life. So I want to treat the king of kings and the Lord of lords in that same admiration. Lord, I thank you. I don't want to come in here sad with a, you know, things happen. I, I appreciate what Brother Ray told me last week. It can always be worse. No matter what you're going through right now, 
It can always be worse. So we might have health conditions, but it can be worse. You cannot be living. A living dog, you said, is better than a dead lion. So we still in this race. Still got a chance. Still in this race to be an overcomer, to rule and reign eternally with Jesus and the Father. I praise God today. So I want to bless the Lord at all times. It don't matter what we're going through. His praise should continuously be in our mouth. If we here today and we can still hear the good word of God, brother, that's a good day. Brother, what should I do? I shall render unto the Lord all that's due to him. What should I do? I'm to take up the cup of my salvation. It's required of us. I want all that's within me. I want to sing praises to God. I want to thank him. I want to come boldly to the throne of grace. I'm in need. I might not have physical or financial needs, but Lord, I need more of you and less of me. So I'm happy to be in a place, Brother Greg. I'm just so excited about my Savior. He saved me one day. One day I was walking down the road full of sin. And he said, you don't got to go that way. But he brought me to a people. He didn't just bring me to Babylon. Some people, they got rescued out of Babylon. He brought me out of Egypt. Land. With a mighty hand, they begin to wash my thinking. They begin to rearrange my thinking. So you don't got to walk the ways of this world. Save yourself from this untoward generation. So I begin to save myself. People can tell you all you need to hear, but if you don't do it yourself, it's for nothing. It's no good, but you got a chance to apply these words. Anoint your own eyes with eyes, Sal, and you can walk this race. With patience, in patience, we're going to possess our souls. So I'm still in this race to be an overcomer. I still want to rule and reign with them. So it don't matter where I am, I want to praise him. His love, brother, it surrounds us like the sea. Brother, what have you gone through that you haven't been rescued from? Just think about your life. What have you gone through that God hasn't delivered you from? And if you're weary and well-doing, look up unto the hills from what's coming your hell. It's coming. Just don't get weary. So what have we all gone through as the people of God and God has not delivered us? I can't name one testimony among us. So that means stay. Stay the course. Stay on this beaten path. Keep on pressing. Forget about those things that are behind. We're going to press toward the mark of the prize. It don't matter about this life anyway. What would it profit a man to gain this whole world, whether it be health, whether it be job, whether it be whatever, marital situation? What would it profit if I got all of that and lost my soul? That's not what I'm here for. God rescued me so I could be an overcomer, so I could be one of those 144,000 standing on the Mount Zion, having my father's name written in my forehead. So let's go, saints. Let's go see the king. That's what he brought us here for, to go see the king. I don't want nothing less. Nothing less, brother. So uh, I'm happy. As y'all can tell, I'm excited. As y'all can tell, always, I'm not apologizing for yelling. I'm a yell some more. It just give me another chance because I'm so excited about my Savior. I'm so excited about what he did for me, Brother Brown. Brother, and, and, I'm, and I'm really excited. I get a chance to explain and tell people about the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He didn't have to do it, Brother Phil. He didn't have to do it, but he rescued us. Brother, when we was walking in a world of sin, no rest. But he's finally giving rest to the people of God. If we'll be the people of God. So I want to stay the course, saints. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here. Friday night was my night. Brother, I'll be tipsy right about now, about to go do something stupid. But thank God, he rearranged my mind. He rearranged my whole life. So now that I'm striving for eternal life. Hallelujah. That's the highest praise. Hallelujah. Brother, he could have left you, but he didn't. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to be here, saints. I'd have to stand because um, whenever I see um, Brother Alton Harris, he, uh, 
Brother Alton Harris and, and Brother Brown and Brother Mike, uh, they were the ones who, who first uh, spoke with me. And I, I, never, I, I can never forget that. They came to uh, my sisters and my brothers in love's house, Sister Pam and Brother Russell, and they came and they spoke to me. They drove from Homer to, to Gretna, and uh, I was just really so appreciative of that. But, um, you know, after having that conversation, um, it still wasn't enough, you know, to win me over. It was some years after, but I always remember that. So when I see Brother, Brother Alton Harris, um, he just has a special place in my heart because he reminds me of, of my uncles and, you know, some of my other family members. But I, um, I'm so thankful to be able to stand today because this time last Friday, I was, um, I was not feeling very well at all. I had been so fired up <laughs> for being in San Marcos. And um, I did some things with my family during the week, and then I ended up keeping my grandbaby uh, two nights in a row. And, and after that, I was just like, I was wiped out. I was really sick. Even right now, my speech is somewhat, my voice is impaired, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling so much better. I don't have any pain in my body or anything, so I'm thankful for that. But I just have to uh, say that um, when I first heard about there being that there was to be a church in San Marcos, I didn't know anything about San Marcos. I didn't know where it was located. I knew there's a, a San Marcos, California. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I found that out when I made reservations um, to come to, to the meeting. But uh, when I found out um, that San Marcos was near Austin, I was really intrigued because I thought, this is good because my, my youngest daughter is in, in Dallas and she's been in unchurched the whole time she's been there eight years. And she hasn't really, um, she's been to the uh, Tony Evans's church and this church, but you know, she's basically, she's unchurched and she listens to, you know, different broadcasts on the radio and whatever. And, and I know she reads her Bible, but she's still, she's not, she's not church. So I thought, Okay, that's good. That's good. I'll be able to to lure you know Courtney in, and I'll go over there, and and then um, I can get her to come. But um, but once I got there, then I realized it wasn't just about my daughter; it was about me too. And so I, I just felt so at home and so peaceful. And I realized this Zoom thing this cannot continue. I mean, brothers, brother, brother Brown told us over a year ago that this was going to come to an end. And so I recognized that, and I told um, I told Brother Caleb, and I told Brother Brown too. I said I'm not a spy. You know, I was talking about the spies who went to scout out the land of Canaan. I said I'm not a spy, but I did come out. I did come to scout out the land. I wanted to see is is there something in 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 San Marcos for me? Um, could any good thing come out of San Marcos? And I do believe yes. I have the good report that yes. Much good can come out of it because so much good has already gone in there. Now look at these young people. You know, they're so young, but then I had to, I, I realized that they are young. This is a new church site and, and it's not necessarily, I know it's not going to be the permanent one, but what they're doing is what they've always been doing. This is nothing new to them. And, uh, but it, it's still, um, I'm not so much amazed by it, but I'm still intrigued by seeing young people being so invested, you know, they're so they, they engaged in the word and with each other. And it was just a wonderful thing to be with everyone, to see, 
the people who, those are the saints who are normally in the sanctuary and those of us who are on Zoom. Um, <laughs> it's just, a, it's a big difference. It's, you know, being on here, this is one thing. And, uh, you, you know, you feel the spirit when you're here, but being together like that is, there's, there's no substitute for it. I was really blessed to, um, to be with sister Michelle. I didn't know sister Michelle. I, I've seen her, you know, at times that I've been, uh, at the Shreva church, I, uh, you know, we greet each other and everything, but I didn't really know her. So after sister Pam, um, tested positive and then she and brother Russell decided that they weren't going to go. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, then, um, hmm. I thought about not going as well. And then, um, but I had to pray about it. And I just said, no, I'm, I'm going to press my way. Nothing's wrong with me. There's no reason why I can't go. So I was, I was so blessed that I did, you know, I made the decision to go. And then sister Pam, she spoke with sister Michelle about my being there because, well, we were in the same hotel. And so sister Michelle said, yes, that, you know, I could go back and forth with her. And so I came to know sister Michelle <laughs> and, uh, she's very delightful, um, not saying that I didn't know that she wasn't, but I found her to be very delightful. I found her to be someone who I told her she's like one of my daughters because um, my middle daughter, she's like really, really sweet and, and 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 she's very comical and she's artistic and she always she she tunes in to boxcast. Okay, she's been doing that since I've been like three years. This is my fourth year actually, into the fourth year. But um, I told Sister Michelle, I said, you you are like my daughter Candace because Candace, Candace says things that other people are thinking, but they don't want to say it. And so that's how I found Sister Michelle to be. My money was no good with, with Sister Michelle. I couldn't buy her a meal. I couldn't pay for gas. I, I couldn't do anything, you know. And I, I just found that to be, um, it was very refreshing. So I really came to know her. You know, we found out that we have, you know, some things in common, but it's something when you see, you see somebody sitting there in the sanctuary and I'm here, and then you actually have a, an opportunity to, to converse with them and uh, to, to be with them at, at the meetings. The meetings were just on fire. <laughs> It is well off the hinges, like these young people say. It was so. It was just so wonderful to see the familiar faces um, from the Shreva Assembly Church, and and as well as those who are on Zoom, and then to see others who I've seen there, um, you know, who to to come and and support uh, the 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 ministry in in uh, San Marcos. So um, I was just very pleased. I was just I was just so delighted that I, I made I made that trip. And um, I do plan to to uh, to return, uh, brother brother LJ, on that Friday night. Brother LJ spoke about um, about being pardoned, like you know, at the eleventh hour, even the twelfth hour, you know, and you think you know, like your life is over, whatever, but you get pardoned. And um, I was reminded of a time when um, when I was at I was a, a graduating senior at Southeastern uh, Louisiana University in Hammond. And um, I had played around all semester, <laughs> all semester. I'm I'm in the girls singing group and I'm doing this and doing that and instead of taking care of business. And so um, we got to, it was like midterm. And um, one of my girlfriends and I, we had a cost accounting class and the books were like really thick. And at Southeastern, we didn't buy books. We had this wonderful system where at the beginning of um, the semester at registration, you presented your registration cards and we rented books. 
So, you know, we were given whatever books we needed. And when the semester was over, we turned them in. Well, this particular semester, we, we had to buy a cost accounting book. And the book was $35. And back then, that was a lot of money. And so um, neither one of us had, had the money. So I, I told my, my girlfriend, I said, don't worry about it. I said, um, I said I'm going to go into the bookstore, and I'm going to get one for you and for me. And she said, what do you mean you're going to get it? I said, I'm just going to take it. And she said, oh, okay, well, be careful. I said, I know what I'm doing. So I went in, I had this big bag that I used to carry around. And I went in, I bought a few things, brought it to the counter. And, um, but I had already put the books in my bag. And so I get to the counter and uh, the, um, the campus police came up to me and he said, did you pay for everything um, that you got today? And I said, you know, excuse me? He said, did you pay for everything that you got today? And I said, yes. And he said, um, I think you put something in there that you didn't pay for. So he had me take the books out and he actually put me in the police car and took me to the Hammond jail, like a little Mayberry RFD thing. He's Barney Fife. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it's just like, this is horrible. I can't believe this is happening to me. My mom's going to kill me. I'm a graduating senior and here I got caught. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me because getting caught that one time, that stopped me from doing it any other times. But we go into, they put me in the law, I guess it was a central lockup and told me I had that one call. So um, I'm not going to call my mama. I'm in Hammond. She's in New Orleans. And plus, I didn't want her to know anyway. So I called my advisor. She's on campus. And uh, she came to get me and took me. You know, we left. We went to her house and everything. And I'm just like, I'm bawling. I'm crying. I'm like, oh, she said, it's okay. It's okay. So I was told that I was not to leave Hammond. But as soon as the Greyhound bus came at 4 o'clock, I was on that bus to New Orleans. And so the next day, my cousin called and said, uh, I had to come back to campus. And I said, why? She said, because Barbara put, Barbara was our advisor. She said, Barbara put her house up for you and you're gone. You're supposed to stay in Hammond. And uh, if, if, you know, you don't come back, she could lose her house. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I've done. Now this is affecting someone else. I didn't even know she had put up her house for me. So three weeks later, we have to go to court. And before that happened, the, uh, the dean of women, she called me into her office and said, she said, I heard about what happened. And uh, she said, I know what you're thinking. She said, but I'm not going to put you out of school. You're a graduating senior. You've done well. You've been on the dean's list. You're a, a tutor for accounting. And she's just going on and on, you know, enumerating all these accolades. And she said, but what I am going to do, um, you can't participate in any of that anymore. And I said, okay. So the day came when um, we had to go to court. And my uncle came, my mama came, and uh, one of my older cousins who was on campus with me. And um, I was just like, I don't know what I'm gonna do because I felt so horrible because, okay, here it is. This is something I've done knowing I wasn't supposed to do it. And now it's, uh, it's impacting my mother, it's impacting my, my, my uncle who was this civil rights leader and this prominent minister in Plaquemines Parish is like, this is so stupid. So we get into court and I saw my cousin, she's talking to the DA and I'm like, what is she doing? What is she, what is she talking to the DA about? Because I was mad at her for some other stuff. And I thought, oh, she's trying to get me in trouble again. So we go up to the, the courtroom and we're about to open the door. And that same DA that my cousin was talking to, he came over to my mom and he said, Mrs. Cornyn, I'm glad that you came today. He said, but you didn't have to come. And my mom said, what do you mean? You know, she said, this is my daughter's court day. He said, but her case has been thrown out of court. 
And I was just so thankful. I just said, I didn't, I didn't even really know how to pray, but I knew how to thank the Lord because my mama taught us that. And I was just so thankful to say, oh, God, you know, I, 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 that was the day that I, re I recognized, I realized that God, he's my closest friend, and my mother was next to him because there was just, like, no way, like, how, you know, I, I just couldn't even envision what's going to happen to me. Okay, Dean and Women said, I'm, I'm not going to get kicked out of school, but what's going to happen to me as far as this, you know, judicial system is, am I going to have to go to, I didn't know what was going to happen, but God saved me. And when, when brother uh, LJ talked about being partners, like, yes, you know, God is real. God is real. He, 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 I had, I had the master pardon that day. And I, I'm just so thankful. I was just so happy that I, I was able to, to be in San Marcos because I was hearing things. I was being reminded of things and uh, just so many things came back to my mind. How even in my youth, I was I was 21 years old, but I, I learned I learned then that yeah, God is real. God is real, and you know, just do the right thing. It's it's sometimes it's not it's not the the easiest thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. So uh, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that I was able to go to San Marcos and and see what I, I didn't see a whole lot, but what I did see, I brought back the good reports. So I'll be back, and I'll, I'm thankful that I feel well enough today. I'm thankful that. Uh, Brother Brother Alton Harris as well that he's doing better. That means much to me. Thank you. Let me fail you. I want to obtain the bride.
fail you. I want to obtain the bride. When my faith is free, just keep me by your side. When my way goes wrong, always let me see there's something in my life that you've done for me. Oh, Lord, don't let me fail you. As the song was going forth, I was thinking of uh, testimonies in the Bible where 
you can think back of something in your life that God had did for people. Look at Abraham. He brought him to a land that he didn't even know, but he made him prosperous in it. Or Isaac, he lost his father, but he still had he still had the God that his father worshipped. His father was a friend of. Even his son Jacob, all the mischief and lies and cunning that he did, he still knew that God of his grandfather and father, when he was in trouble, he knew who to fall to. Even his descendants and the people of Israel, down there in Egypt for years under slavery, when when Moses came to deliver them, they had their testimony. They came out shining of victory. And even though all the countless complaining and mumbling and whining they did, still had a select few people that didn't forget where God brought them out from. And that's what I don't want to do. I don't want to forget what God has done for me. I don't want to forget that he deserves all the praise and glory. All because he didn't do something for me when I needed it doesn't mean he won't. Eventually he will when he sees it fit for me. I don't, I, I am not wiser than God. I am not more discerning than him. Not, I don't have his seven attributes. Not yet. I'm working on it. So I can't dictate or judge when I need something. He, he judges it. He decides it because it's, it's right. What he gives is right. And I, w- I was thinking of a song. I was actually thinking of Brother Elton when I saw the text. Uh, we can see where we're heading. Yeah. We can see where we come from. Yeah. If you look throughout the Bible and see the great moves of God, this is a ministry that we've been on. We've been on that Pentecost. We have a vision. We have it. And we're moving on. And I'm just thankful to be here. They had eyes in front of them to see where they're going. But thank God they have eyes within. They started looking at that perfect law of liberty and seeing what man or man they were. I thank God for bringing us to this day. I thank God for bringing us to this place. I thought about a song as I was sitting in my seat. You know, we talked about even where this ministry started. I was there. I was there. We was in Baton Rouge. I was there. We was in all those different hotels. I was there, and the song came to me. It says, I never shall forget the days when the burdens of my soul rolled away. I had to just reflect just to see God moving in all of our lives. But I looked back at my personal testimony, and I said, Lord, you was with me back then. You brought me here. It says, with love and kindness have, have I drawn thee. I didn't have to come this way. It had to be something that the Lord was having a relationship with me, and he was pulling me. And I thank God that I was actually able to hear the Lord and hear what the Spirit was saying to the church. I thought about this as well. I thought about it's important to rehearse the testimonies of God. I thought about Israel. It says when the Passover is talked about in Exodus chapter 12. But they were supposed to rehearse that testimony, how the Lord brought them out. And they were supposed to not just for them, but for their children, and for those children, and for those children. It was supposed to be the testimonies of the Lord. I thought about that manna in wilderness. That manna was there to sustain them for life. And 
you think about even in our lives, there's times where we didn't even know how we was going to make it through. But we have to remember those testimonies of God and how we didn't have a way out, but the Lord made a way out. So you have to remember, we have to remember those testimonies. Say, Lord, let me hide thy word. See, that's the testimonies of God. When you look at Psalms 119, it talks about his precepts, but it also talks about his testimonies. It talks about what God has done in our personal lives. You think about Aaron's ride that budded. That was a testimony. That was a testimony of the Lord. They had some rebels out there. But thank God it showed that God had a ministry. It showed that God had a Levitical priesthood. I look at this place right here, and I'm seeing lives changing. I'm seeing almonds that are budding. I thank God. I remember this. Because if if I don't remember this, it's easy to forget. And it's easy to turn my heart. But I'm looking at what God is doing. I'm looking at people's lives. People's lives are changing. I remember, and, and, and it's, I, I appreciate this, Brother Brown. You actually say this. You talk about how somebody starts all their life, but you also show what the Lord is doing and how it changed. That's important. Because you, you're seeing the, the progression of a person's life. You're seeing them as children. You're seeing them as young men. And praise God, one day we'll see them as fathers. But we need to keep that in front of us because you get to see how men walk in one way, walk in one way lane, and they come out walking. You see them blind, and now they come out seeing. You see the testimonies of God and how he changes our life. So I'll never forget this day. I'll never forget the day that the burdens of my soul rolled away. It made me happy. That's talking about blessed, glad, and free. I thought about something that Brother Hodge said. He talked about how a man's life consists not of the abundance of things which he possessed. But this scripture came to me also with him. He says, above all things, I, I, uh, I wish that you were prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. When I think about God today, God wants our whole life blessed. He wants our, our health blessed. He wants our, our mind blessed. He wants our um, everything about us. You look at Abraham. You look at Abraham, he had cattle. He had everything about him was the testimony of the Lord. Yes. You think about uh, Solomon's temple. It didn't have to be that. Does God really need a temple? The heavens and heavens can't contain them. It wasn't about that. It was about showing the glory of God. Yes. So our life is supposed to show the glory of God yes. in our health, in our mind, in our job. How we go in and out, every aspect of our life is supposed to show the glory of God. Yes. And thank God that he brought us to a place yes. where we can learn his statue, yes. his precept, and his judgment. Going back to Deuteronomy 4 and 6, it said, this is your wisdom among the nations. That's talking about the laws of God, that you be a wise and understanding people. That's what it's about. You think about Solomon, when the queen of Sheba came, he was being able to dispel, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dispel all doubt. He was able to give an answer every one of her questions. What did that? The word of God. When you come to this place, I tell you this, you got financial trouble, it's here. They'll teach you how, the, 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 thank God is a place where they'll teach you how to do that. You got health problems, teach you how to do that. You got marriage problems, teach you how to do that. But if you stay just around a little longer, you don't have to eat, you don't have to follow for the fishes and for the loaves. I think I love what Jesus Christ said. He said, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And it said many of his disciples went away sorrowfully because if you fought for crumbs. That fall for the master table. You, you, you're going for natural things. But I think he looked at those apostles. He said, well, you go also. 
Thank God Peter had a revelation. Thank God Peter had stayed along long enough to realize who he was. He said, where are we going to go? For you have the words to eternal life. Thank God we found a place where there's words to eternal life. Where am I going to go? I bought the field. I want eternal life. Don't you want eternal life today? Where are we going to go? Nowhere else have I found a sweeter refuge. But I found in the body of Christ. My soul has found its rest. I have no longer have to wonder. I found my place in the family of God. You think about Abraham. Abraham looked for a city who had foundations, was builder and maker, was God. But that same city that he brought Abraham to on the day of Pentecost is the same city that he brought you and I to. Thank God for that. We sit in the Canaan with Abraham, Isaac. And Jacob, he said, many go come from the east and west. That's us. Thank God there was a man by the name of Cornelius who always went up for a memorial and all the things that he did and went up for, and went up for a memorial for God. And God thought on him. And he was the beginning of the Gentiles coming in. But thank God he didn't stay there. He said, this promise is not unto you, but to your children and their children and to many of them that are far all. Thank God. And as many that shall call Thought on his name. But thank God, thank God for this. Even way back then, Christ had us on his mind. Way back then, it says for the joy that was set before him. The joy is, is, is seeing sons and daughters come to the Lord. His whole purpose was to be an atonement to put man back at one with God. So the joy that was set before him, you know what? I'm going to walk this walk. I'm going to deny myself my whole life. He endured the cross in every aspect. Natural experience, every aspect. Despise the shame. You talk about me, you treat me wrong, you, my family reject me, everything. Despise the shame. And now he's set on the right hand of God. Thank God for that. He had us on his mind. So now that he's had us on his mind, I want to remember that he had us on his mind because we got to remember the testimony of God. Because it says, if we, do, if we don't remember, it says, I'll give you this. I'm going to use this scripture in the application, Hebrews 2 and 1. We ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we've heard. Let's say any time, we let them slip. So if I'm not thinking about the testimony of God and the word of God and the precepts of God, I'm thinking on Adam. I'm thinking on how I was down and out. And, or Brother Hodge said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered them out of them all. What has God not delivered us from? But sometimes he'll let us go around just to see whether we'll keep his commandments or no. Let me see if you're going to whine. Let me see if you're going to complain. Let me see, can you endure hardness as a good soldier in Jesus Christ? Can you go through some days? Are you going to only love me when I give you stuff? You're looking for a sugar daddy. God has to prove our love. No, I'm serious. God, the love has to, has to be proven. We've heard testimony. Brother LJ came, picked up Sister Fabby late. Proven. Brother Brown did it up Sister Grace Call. That's far. That's far. But my point is, it was a proven period. But why do you think if man would do that, why, why we don't think God would do it? He has to prove us. Didn't he prove Abraham? Offer up your only son Isaac. Let me prove you. Let me see if you're going to obey me or you're going to go to this corner of love. But I love what Abraham, he didn't say this, but I'm pretty sure he had thoughts. They said, yo, this is my son. So, I mean, you got to think about it. Anytime you're doing right when I choose to do good, 
He was always present. I like what Jesus said, though, what he told Peter. Get behind me, Satan, for thou savest the things that be of man and not of God. So we have to obey God at all points, at all costs. You think about those who were on Revelation chapter 14. It says they wanted to follow women. We understand religious system, but it says this point. But they followed the lamb wheresoever he goeth. So we're in the garden, we'll follow him. We're on the mountaintop, we're going to follow him. It doesn't matter where he brings us to. Think about the uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They serve God at the perils of their life. Do I serve God at the perils of my life? But when I remember the testimonies of God, and I remember all that the Lord has done for me, it gives me the confidence or the faith to keep going. And you think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's like, no, King, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. Why? And God has brought us through so much. So why am I not going to serve him now? The only reason I'm here is because of him. So now I'm going to deny him now? Why? Because you say you're going to kill me? But he's the one who's been sustaining me the whole time. But we have to remember. If you don't remember, it's easy to fall into perdition. Yeah. It's easy to go into destruction. So you think about that. They said, first of all, they said, our God is able. First of all, King, we're not going to bow down to your image. In the image, we got to be careful. Don't even worry about the religious world right now. Let's not bow down to the creature. Think about when Jesus was being tempted in Matthew chapter 4. He says, I give you all the kingdoms if you bow down and worship me. You serve yourself. So a lot of times, we quote the scriptures, Sister Cheryl quotes it, if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. So even whether it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, pride of life, whatever one it is, and I'm thinking that I'm obtaining where I just served the creature. You think about Sadrach. The king like, hey, if you bow down, look, everything going to be okay. Like, basically, you're going to save your life. But if any man, if they would have sought to save it, they would have lost it. But they say, you know what? King, first of all, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. First of all, we serve somebody greater than you. I can't bow down to you. And we have to tell ourselves, can't bow down to you. When you want me to go the wrong way, I refuse to bow down to you. I made a commitment. I'm in a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. I cannot bow down. That's the mindset that we have to have. We have to be fully persuaded in our own mind. Fully persuaded. So you think about Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No, we're not going to. They say, first of all, our God is able. That's because of a testimony. You know how you say, all this? what has God ever failed us with? That's a testimony. Even when we wasn't when God wasn't on our mind, thank God we were on his mind. Yes. That's why you got to look at the Hannah part. Moses yeah. said, let me see your glory. Look, just look back. Not, not to go back. Not like Lot's wife. No, not to. But look where God has brought you from. That's being a clean beast. Amen. When you think about that, first of all, King, we're not careful to ask you this matter. And our guy is able. But if not, we're still not going to bow down. See, the revelation is understanding that regardless of the fact, God is going to deliver. Whether it was in life, whether it was in death, they had a hope. Regardless of the fact, God is going to deliver. But I tell you one thing, it's going to go on our record. I'm not going to serve you. And that's the mindset that we have to have. Right now, I thought about this scripture. I quoted the scripture earlier. <laughs> Did you remember the footman? Jeremiah, hey, where are you? How are you going to contend with the horses? And in Atlanta, please, where you trust you faith, what you going to do? At the swelling of Jordan. These little, nobody, we're not striving against a, uh, 
We're driving resistant sin against blood. It's not at the perils of my life. So if I'm buying down to natural, carnal things, what am I going to do when it's at the peril of my life? So right now, where it's a time of peace, I want to prepare for war in this time of peace. God has given us this time of peace. God has brought us to the Prince of Peace, which is his son. He's given us this ministry that's preaching or publishing peace. I'm thankful to be here today. I don't ever want to forget the testimonies of God. Yeah. I don't want to forget the testimonies, not in my life, but in your life. Amen. Brother Alvin, you're still standing here today. That gives me hope. Yeah. We all got to look at it. Look at all these testimonies. What it says in Hebrews chapter 11, we're compared with these great clouds of witness. So if we ever get, the Bible says two is better than one for they have a good reward for their labor. But woe to that man who's alone. For when he falleth, he have not another to hold him up. So anytime you get by your brothers, get by your sister, Jerusalem itself supposed to be as a city, compact together. It's the people of God, it's that pomegranate. And I thought about Sister, uh, sister, sister Christella, when she said about anything in St. Marcus, I'll tell you what you see in St. Marcus, though, when you go to the Canaan land, you see grapes this big, those pomegranates. You see the word of God, it's flourishing. So that the one thing I love about the, the, the vineyards of the Lord, plenty of fruit here. So anyway, I'm thankful for being here today, people of God. I just had to remember. Let's just all remember the testimonies of the Lord. Well, I'm thankful. Being here, stirred up on the inside, um, this has actually been a feast. This is one of those, you go back and you need to watch it again. So many things was actually said, but I am hearing a common thread uh, from everyone that, that's gotten up. I guess Brother Greg was enlarging up on it. feel like Paul, <laughs> when he went to uh, Morris Hill, I'm thinking about uh, the parable of the four grounds, and today I'm here to declare to you the third one. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's different ones. We're talking about forgetting to remember. Uh, so you can see the first ground. That's simple. You can see that people come in and hear them. They, 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 I'm sorry, I'll do it properly instead of just doing number three. The wayside ground, and they, they come, and yes, this was good. I felt the Lord, felt the Spirit of God walk outside the Father of the air, come drop, pick that little seed up and pluck it up. But they didn't last long. How many times have you been to a meeting and someone say, I found my mother's house. This is the place for me. I'm not going anywhere and never see them again. I believe when they say it, they mean it. Until they walk out the doors and have a conversation <laughs> with themselves or somebody else. And next thing you know, you never see them again. Then there's those that fall upon stony places. The word of God falls upon, the, the, first of all, slow down, the word of God is good. Yeah, come on. <laughs> the word of God is, 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 is uncontaminated. Come on. The seed of life. Yeah. Uh, and the seed is the word of God. But there are those that come upon stony places and um, because they didn't have any depth of earth. Come on. <laughs> Because someone didn't break up that follow ground. Come on. You just won't come to church for a good feeling. 
You will come to church because they got nice people. You, you found an assembly that they're very nice and they're charitable and they, they put up with you. Well, that's great for a while. Even, even the Lord say, I suffer your bad manners in the wilderness. And so at some point, the people of God be like, look, your manners got to change. At some point, someone has to tell you your ways is wrong. So, and so the son, I know, I, I don't want to say I know. We understand what the son be the trials. It could be heat. But sometimes the heat come from your peers. You're not standing up to the standard. And because there is no depth of earth, uh, it, it withered. So it springs up there. You say, okay, they got, got some life there. They're doing well. And then next thing you know, poof, gone. This is the one that gets us the most. Come on. Come on. I like all of them. Um, I say all of them, Matthew 13, 8. But Mark 4 uses a term that the other ones don't use, Mark 4. Mark 4, you, I said, I'm sorry. Mark 4, yes, sir. That's, if we get Mark 4, this stony ground, I mean, not stony, the um, thorns and thistles. Well, to be honest with you, and that's all we can be, is be honest. We all have the potential. If we've been here for any length of time, whether you've been here from the, from the beginning, Brother Greg was mentioning, uh, some of the testimonies the saints mentioned, you're not declared yet what you are until you fulfilled your course. So there's always a chance that you can be good. But let, me, let me clarify. Yeah. Let, me, let me go all the way back. I, I feel like running, but I want to make sure I'm understood. You can come in at Stony Grove. But if you work on yourself, you don't have to be that. You can even have had a wayside mentality, but you just kept fellowshipping. You just kept hanging around just enough. You you just was around just enough, and you're actually, your soul beginning to change. So So let me clarify that first. So because you was or had the potential just to be wayside or stony, you don't, if you're still here at any length of time, you've worked enough to prove that that's not you. But this is where we get it. And this goes back to what everyone was mentioning, remembering your testimony. And so as we working, and so as seed it fell among thorns, and um, the thorns grew and choked it and it yielded no fruit. This is where we have to work and tend to our garden. Point here, but it's our and so if, as I'm going through, as Brother Greg was mentioning, and I appreciate the things that he was saying, but if I don't remember what the Lord has done for me, Brother Mister, if I don't remember that the Lord is faithful, yeah. if I don't remember that I'm here to serve the creator and not the creature, I have to keep remembering that. And so now it's no longer bowing down to external pressure, but it's bowing down to this God that's here. I have to remove this God. The God of Adam, <laughs> year of your father, the no. devil. <laughs> That's who I have to, the God of me. Yeah. We used oh. to sing that song, but I have to die to that God of me. Uh, it, it's not some great uh, Jesus Christ. Though he knew no sin, it said he suffered being tempted. That suffering is real. When you have a strong, not, not a little slight thought, but a strong desire to do something, but the word of God and the spirit of God, they say, you can't do that. 
So now it's a battle. Now we're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Am I going to bow down and worship you and enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season? Or am I going to suffer, choose to suffer affliction with the people of God? Am I willing to keep going on and keep pressing, to keep bringing this body under subjection? Am I willing to do that? And so if I'm not, then we have a little thorns here, a little thistles there. And they just keep growing. And so you get up, you're testifying. You get up, you saying great words, and the Lord can be following. It rains on the just and the unjust. And so you feel in the same spirit. You slain in the spirit, falling out. Woo! All you want. But if you're not pulling up the thorns and the thistles, it's going to choke the word of God and cause it to become unfruitful. How you begin to think about it, the reason I was thinking about Mort, because he, he, he actually identifies what it is. It's the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things. It's really that simple. If, I don't know if this is a song, but I keep hearing this word. It is a song, but I'm about to mess it up, so we're going to be okay. But don't let me lose my vision of Jesus. And so our whole point of even while we hear talking about the word of God, understanding the word of God, and living the word of God is to keep walking in the light as he is in the light. And so we don't want to be distracted by the lust of other things. And that word lust, that just means a strong desire. It's the same word, actually it's trans, um, what's the word I'm looking for? This, uh, translated, there we go. I'm going to mess that one up too, concupiness, which is just a strong urge. I don't want to say just because I'm minimizing it. But it's a strong, it don't have to be sexual. It's just an yeah. urge that you have to do something. And so, Brother Greg, you mentioned this. So I'm a, it, that's what brought all this back up. I don't want anything here to have such a desire on me or a pull on me that I can no longer be free. We talked about being free. It's being free from anything and not having anything attached to you. So now I'm free. And so it's not just a, it just happens like that, but it's a process where we have to keep working. And as we see those thorns, as we see those thistles, as we see them coming up, now's the time to pull them up. And so the longer we play with things, that's why we have to protect our heart with all diligence because out of that comes the issues of life. And so you can keep playing with something and keep playing with something and keep playing with something. And before you know it, that thought that you kept playing with, instead of casting it down, instead of throwing it away, instead of being like Jesus Christ told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Instead of beginning to be as um, Jesus Christ, as he um, encouraged his disciples, he began to tell them, he said, he said, while the bridegroom is here, they don't fast. But now that he's not, when he's going, then shall they fast. So we have to fast. We have to pray. We have to read. And more than anything, I've been even just, I don't think we teach this per se, but we mention it. We have to meditate. And when I say meditate, I know the Bible it gives us a scripture, we should meditate upon him day and night. But we shall meditate. Not just on the word of God, but Lord, where am I at? Self-examination, who am I? 
Not who am I pretending to be, not who am I showing myself to be, not when I'm reflecting someone else wants to see, but when it's just me and the clouds outside. When it's just me and the ceiling. Who am I, Lord? Let me meditate on what's in my heart. Let me meditate on what's my thoughts. And Lord, if it be anything that's wicked in me, Lord, take it away from me. Leave it out of me. Show me so we can work on it. Because these things, they come upon us like a, he, he says the poison of the ass is under the tongue. You know who, who poison the most? Ourselves. We tell ourselves things. And then we leave it. We just, we just let that little egg just sit there. Just sit it on the counter. We have a thought and we sit it there and walk away. Then we have four or five other thoughts and we just leave them there, Brother Felt. Never go and crush them. And so at one, some point, under the right environment, Come on. under the right temperature, you never seen these, these um, reptilians that hatch these eggs. They have to have it in a certain environment. And, they, they, and so that's all that happened. That egg that you didn't crush, that thought that you didn't cast away, that desire that you didn't mortify, it just takes the perfect opportunity. What I mean by the, per the perfect condition. The right heat, things not going right in my life. Oh, I feel the Lord has pulled away from me. Well, what about when you hide your face far from me? Put not thy servant away in anger. When I say seek it after me, my whole heart is going to seek after thee, Lord. And so as I want my heart to pan after thee as the deer panted after the water. What about these scriptures? But we just, Brother Greg said this, so I'm repeating it. I get a pass. You want a sugar daddy? <laughs> We want something here and now. Brother, 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 Mr. actually said it with a lot more tact. Because the Lord didn't answer me when I wanted him. Am I going to now say, you're not my God? Am I going to now say, this overcoming is too hard for me? Because I, I didn't get something I wanted now, so I'm mad, so I'm going to take my ball and bat and go home. I'm not overcoming no more, Lord. I'm not, I'm not denying myself no more, Lord. God forbid. Am I one of those that's going to exact his wages? Lord, I gave this up. I gave that up. I left this. I did this. I did that. Peter said, Lord, we forsaken all. Come on. We forsaken all to follow you. Oh, man. Yeah. My fifth grade teacher would say, would you want a cookie? You know, in other words, you did something you're supposed to do. You want credit? <laughs> you, got, you did your homework. You want a check? <laughs> man, that woman was rough. But, <laughs> but, when you, but she was right. But when you think about it, this not reasonable service. So I'm, I'm actually trading in mortality for immortality. I'm trading in corruptible for incorruptible. I'm having the ability to say, oh, death, where's thy sting? Oh, grave, where's thy victory? And I'm going to say, I don't want this no more because I'm mad. Am I three, four, five years old? But that's going back to the third ground. <laughs> that's going back to not knowing what's in our soil. And so we can keep playing with it. But I say, let's make sure we break up this follow ground. I say, let's make sure we keep tearing. Brother Brown, he always quoted, he, I think it was Friday, you begin to talk about it, uh, Jeremiah 1 and 10. Let's make sure in our, not, not out there, but in here. Let's make sure we tear down strongholds. Let's make sure we're rooting up little things that we didn't plan it or, or it's just didn't, didn't, let me, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm doing Bible, but I'm doing nature too in my head. Most of the weeds you have 
It's what? Because it was planted. It's birds. And birds then drop stuff. So that should tell you stop letting people drop stuff. Because what they dropping is damnable. It has the potential to become an acorn. And when it comes an acorn, it becomes an oak tree. And so don't let people drop on you. Don't do it. It's not worth it. And then we drop stuff. We tell ourselves stuff. That's why Jesus brought back um, to what he told. He couldn't play with Peter. I already, I already know why I came into this world. I haven't even faced that test yet. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> here you go. You think it's a game? That's why he prayed twice. He prayed three times the same prayer. And that's without Peter helping him. That's what him casting Peter thought away. And so you, you don't need someone to help you to think about, I'm giving this up, or you can't do this, or you can't do that, or that's kind of hard, or that's different, or that's strange. But if you counted the cost, you made a covenant. You're in a, I'm in a covenant relationship. So anything else that I do, I'm stepping outside that relationship. If I'm serving another entity, I'm no longer serving the creator. So now I'm com- it's not just churches. We say that as, as you hear ministers talking about committing spiritual adultery, and that's true. That's, that's true. But when we go another way, then the one that we covenant with, we're committing adultery. Well, Greg said that. <laughs> but for everybody on Zoom, he said you have a whore's forehead. Because we serve, that's what Israel had. But that's what we're doing. And so I don't want to stop in Mark 4 with the third ground. Uh, Titus ain't teaching us. So now we're being taught that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Worldly lust is not outside the doors. It includes that. That's ungodliness. But worldly lust, Brother Greg quoted it already. All that's in the world. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. And so now we deny ungodliness and worldly lust. How should we live? So me being sober is I have to actually pluck up. I have to tear down. I have to build up. What am I building? I'm building my relationship with the Lord, which is the most holy faith. And so because I'm keeping that at the forefront of my mind, that's the only thing that matters. Now our eyes, our face can be set like a Adam and Stone. Now we no longer look to the left or to the right. Now we actually can be as Abraham, I'm sorry, Moses was choosing to suffer affliction with the people of God. Rather than enjoying the pleasures of sin, it's just for a season. What you gonna do? For a mic. For a mic. I'm sorry. I do bath every once in a while. Anybody? 40 years? A thousand years? Oh, you say, okay, maybe that's not that bad. All right. Let's go 70 years, a million years. Huh? Which one you going to take? 70 years, eternity? Now, if you really, we all talk about people crazy. Now, we really, <laughs> when we choosing anything other than that, I won't use the term, what's something wrong with you? Your, your, your math not mathing. 
<laughs> the, the reason isn't reasoning. So you're saying, Brother L.J. Brown, that if I deny myself, if I take up my cross and follow him, he'll give me beauty for ashes. He'll give me eternal life. That's, that's what I'm saying. The word of God says that. It's not just believe on him as the scripture has said by quoting it. It's believing on him as the scripture has said by doing it. It's the doers of the word that will be justified. And so, uh, going back to Titus, I'm sorry, that we should live soberly, righteously, which is the same thing as just. Sister Chris Stella said, just do right. It don't always feel easy. It don't always, it's the easiest path to choose. But right is right, wrong is right, wrong is wrong. Let's just do right. And golly, in where? That's not in the sweet by and by. That's not when I die and we all get to heaven. That's now <laughs> we have to do this. In this present world. Why? Go to the next verse, please. Uh, because we're looking for something. It's not we just not... Um, as one that beat it against the air, but we looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearance of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So if we do these things, Brother Ron, now nah, we're good ground. Now let me tell you something. Don't tell nobody else. This is just for us right here. Brother on boss casting here. The dispensation we in, will we bring forth fruit? The hundredfold. That's the bride. It's the dispensation that we're living in. This is part of being the first fruits. That's the opportunity that we have. That's the, that's the part about it that some people, they, they just, I don't understand. Once again, I'm, I'm sorry for using the term, but Brown's probably telling me my, math, my, my English is bad, but the math, not math. People say, well, I just overcome after the thousand years. Or I get up. Why? You still have to overcome. <laughs> Without the grace, you still have to, the, the requirement is the same with a different dispensation. You're not extended as much grace. You're not extended as much mercy. You're not extended as much time as you even have now. So why would he actually get you up if that's the mindset? That's why I don't make uh, so why they say work while it is day but when the night cometh, no man can work and so if I can see the Lord now I can see the moving of his people I can see the moving of his ministry I can even see the advancement as we understand the word of God being established in the present truth so I'm in the day. It's daytime in my life because I can see. Why would the Lord give me up? What is there for him to get up? Because I'm going to get up with the same mind. And so that's the greatest deception. I'll tell on myself, because since Christella told on herself, I won't tell them. I, I didn't even do that. <laughs> uh, but I master procrastinating. I don't tell on other people in here, but I can spot y'all out too. But Procrastination, if there was a, a master's or a doctorate for it, passed with all A's. Honorary doctorate. <laughs> but procrastination don't work with salvation. 
the same things that you didn't overcome early in your life, they still going to be there. But if you don't bear your yoke in your youth, you won't have the strength to withstand it. You won't have the strength to overcome it. You won't have the strength to put it under your feet before you can kill it. Because the first thing you have to do is put it under your feet to submit, to, to, to get it under subjection to kill it. Other than that, I'm just shooting in the dark, just, just, just shooting at everything. And so going back, Luke, oh, I'm sorry, Mark 4, the good ground, let's be that. But let's just keep working. If you see something, pull it up. It's the grace of God that we're able to see it. It's the grace of God. He gives us the ability to work on it. And once we've done it, once we pull one up, why can't we pull another one up? Once we pull another one up, why can't? And so that's going back to what these brothers were saying. Remember your testimony. Remember we was in situations where we thought we couldn't help it. We was in situations where we say, I, I have this certain thing in my life that just tortures me. It just keeps getting me in trouble. And you keep working on it, working on it, working on it. And it's been a week, a month. Two months since you've even, oh, I forgot that I was dealing with that. Walk right out of it. Because you gave it the attention it deserved and overcame it. Put it to death. Let's be overcomers. Let's make sure we are good ground. Let's not stop. Let's not be content. It's good to have a good life for people that's looking for a good life. It's good to have a better life for people that's looking for a Better life. We've come to place to have the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So He then brought us to the best. This my last natural analogy. What purpose and good it do? Have you ever heard somebody say they go to Yale and they brag about being a 2.0 student? Everybody you ever heard from Yale graduated something. But it wasn't with a 2.0. He was on the dean's list, the maga, maga culotte or whatever they call that. They, they, like everybody, any of these so-called Ivory League schools, you never heard of one they brag because they just got a degree from there. But they tell you all the accolades and why. Because it's a prestigious university. So when they got there, whether they played around or not, at some point they got serious to get to the top of their game. Because the standard up here. You come to a place that's higher than Yale, oh, that's higher than Brown or any of these other ones, these natural institutions. But he's actually brought you to the highest place in the world. And then the city is not talking about streets. The city is just talking about people. So when you find the people of God with his order, his teaching, Spirit, with his ministry that's preaching the unadulterated word of God, why not get the best that the Lord has for you? Don't settle for something less because of another God saying, bow down and worship me. But let's settle for the best. Let's give God our best. And we have a testimony as individuals and as a people that God has always given his best to his people. Especially, they give his best, their best to him. He won't have it on his record. David said, I was young, and now I'm old. But I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. And I'll stop with this. We quote that, and it's a good scripture. That don't mean people didn't go through anything. 
He just said he just never seen him safe. He didn't say he never seen him go through things because he himself went through things. He never said he never seen people not hungry because he himself was at the point. He, he went to the to the um to the temple and got the bread. He wasn't supposed to. And so he was famished, so don't think it ain't going to be time because I'm serving God. He won't let me be hungry. That's not what that's saying. Understand what it's saying. At the end of the day, if you are faithful, if you don't let go, your redemption draws nigher than when you first believed. I'm thankful. Let us be good ground. Let's keep on working till he comes. All right, God bless you all. Go ahead, sir. Outstanding. Give him one nugget connected with you. When you read, to me, it's the greatest parable in the Bible. Jesus called it. He called it. No, you're not this parable. No, how you know you? All parables. You don't get this one. Everything else in the Bible is just a fairy tale. This is the greatest of them all. I call him the granddaddy of them all. But the difference, forgive me for saying it. When you read, I love Mark. Gives you more details about the stony ground, but only Luke yeah. gives you the essence of it. Yeah. Luke count Luke chapter eight, and he gets to the good ground. It's the only one that makes this. That's why you have, it's a it's a you have to read all the gospels. John doesn't give you this. John focuses on the life of Christ, but Matthew's, Mark, and Luke give you his teaching. John doesn't give you much of his teaching. Some of his teaching, not his doctrine. You get to Luke. He's the only one record this. All the other grounds. He uses terminology. Didn't bring forth fruits unto perfection. perfection. And what makes the difference between wayside, the stony, yeah. and the thorns and the thistles, they all get the same reward. Nothing. The good ground. They would fill among the thorns, or they which when they heard go forth and are choked with the cares and riches, pleasure of this life. Well, we say this world don't have nothing to offer. It doesn't have anything to offer spiritually. It's got a lot for your flesh. Yeah. It really do. A whole lot for your flesh. I don't even swim. Can't swim. Scared of too much water. I sure like looking at it. I like going to the beach and I like rivers. And if I didn't have any sense, I'll spend all of my time somewhere just on the beach. Play in the sand, look out there. Don't want to tell me it don't have anything. It's got a lot to entice the flesh. And even people who spend all their time on the beach and they can't swim. What you gonna do when you if you my father be eight and nine in two months? But anyway, the choke with the pleasures of this life. Here's the difference. All of these grounds bring forth no fruit unto what? Perfection. That's the problem. They bring forth no fruits unto perfection, to maturity. So anything less than that, especially, I don't want to scare the saints. I appreciate this wonderful meeting. But do you know where you're sitting? If God has given you a revelation where you're sitting, you'd be in trouble. You're sitting in a place of judgment. This is where I judge myself worthy or unworthy of eternal life. My attitude, my conduct, my disposition, my stick to it in this, all these things is judging me. And so this is an awful place to be. When Jacob didn't know where he was, he was trying to get away from Esau. Brother, he got to Bethel. You know what Bethel is? The house of God. He took a rock and made it for a pillow. And God gave him a revelation of angels ascending and descending upon this ladder, which is a prophecy about Christ. 
angels as ministers, messengers, ascending and descending. When he woke from the dream, he said, this is a dreadful place. None other than the house of God. Look at your neighbors. This is a dreadful place. Yeah. This is a dreadful place. This is where you come to get your case judged. What kind of ground am I? The good thing about it, whatever I was, don't have to stay. I don't have to say that way. If God give me enough grace, I can go from wayside to stoning, from stoning to thorns and thistles, from thorns and thistles to good ground. I just got to bring forth fruits unto perfection. Stick to it in this. Don't be weary and well done. You shall reap in due season. Here's the condition. If you what? Say not. That's the difference, Brother LJ. Got to stick to it. Amen. I'm happy about it. What about you? And since I know I'm in the court of God, this is a courtroom. Let me explain the word courtroom. A court is where you get to go to get your case judged. And what we're trying to do is judge ourselves and have our case judged until eternal life. It's not about a fire. It's eternal life or eternal damnation. The only reason, we need to get on this subject a little deeper, the only reason there is a final resurrection, the only reason is not because I didn't overcome everything. It's not, that's not the purpose of the final resurrection. The purpose of the final resurrection is to get your case eternal. You weren't sitting in a place with enough life that you, you could have your case eternally settled. In the eyes of God. If you don't know much, it's not much you can really do. It's not. And if you're not trying to do better, and better is exposed, then you still judge yourself. I'm not going. That's too far to go to judge yourself. I'm not giving up this. It won't too much. You've just eternally judged your case. There's people who didn't give a chance to do it because they didn't understand it. To them that knew to do his will, I'm preaching over I'm sorry, I'm saying I'm not. To them that knew to do his will and do it not, shall be beat what? With many strikes, that's a strict of judgment. And them that didn't do his will, they didn't know it, shall be beat with few, few strikes. If I was a slave down during uh, a prior to 1865, I couldn't read, I couldn't write. I could only do whatever the slave master would let me learn. But my heart was panting after God. I got to get a chance for a final resurrection. My case wasn't judged. But if you're living in 2024, what you don't know is because you didn't want to know it. Well, I was sitting in the B church. You chose to stay there. I was in the C church. You chose to stay there. There is a people in the earth, and you I can't go everywhere. You don't need it. There is you stream, YouTube. You can find out if you're hungry and you searching out the right thing, you can get on social media and find something better than where you're sitting. And if you didn't find nothing better because you weren't looking for nothing better until the Lord bring you to his order, his truth, his ministry, where you can actually see yourself. And so this is all about the key word out of the three gospels that records this granted them all parable. Only Luke uses that word. It makes it clear. Fruits, it brought forth no fruits unto perfection. Anything less than perfection. I was talking to Brother Joe. I'm telling you now. This week. When you read the gospel. The writings of the apostles. They writing to people who had a chance for the first resurrection. There is no message. Give me for saying this. It's going to hurt. There is no message for people for the new earth. It was not a new earth message. Everything 
and the writings of the apostles is toward perfection, full maturity. So we have no other message. We have no other message than striving for mastery, mortifying, putting to death the old. We have no other message. If you do this, that's the bride and the dispensation which you live. If I'm hesitant, if I'm, I won't take an off road, I've just judged myself. If I've judged myself unworthy of eternal life, only I, by the grace of God, can repent of that. Maybe God will grant repentance. I'm going to stop. I said I would. I got a question for you all. You can answer it sometime. I'm curious how God deal with people. Got a question for you. All of you. Write this down. Give me an answer Sunday. Brother LJ, there's two people. One is a parable and one is an allegory. It happened. But they both did the same thing. There was Esau for one morsel of bread. He sold his birthright. That was the product of son. Sold his inheritance. Asked his father, give him his portion, and he sold his inheritance. Why did God, I'm actually this way. The prodigal son found forgiveness. Esau found love. What's the difference between, they both did the same thing. What is the difference between those two? They both did the same thing. One sold his birthright, the other despised it. One got still a relationship with his father. But what was the difference where punishment was concerned? I'm making my phrasing it correctly. There is a difference. Though the prodigal son in the parable, he was restored to a sonship. Whereas Esau lost his inheritance. What was the difference in the two? Well, we're talking about the prodigal son that he did. Father received him that What was the consequences of his all in his inheritance? Oh, Esau, dear guy, he was hungry, destitute. His brother Jacob, you talked about that guy was a rascal. He knew his brother had been hunting all day. And every time he hunted, he didn't make a kill. He'd been hunting all day. He sat down and got the word mental. It's just beans. It was the bean soup. He sat down and stirred it up. I bet he put all kinds of seasons. I guarantee you Esau could smell it out in the woods. He knew what he was doing. Stirred it up real good. Esau coming back from hunting all day. Killed nothing. Felt that. I can see Jacob sitting there just. Ooh. Oh, this is good. He's stirring it. Oh, he's putting it on. And I can see Esau. He's sitting there staring at that pot. He's looking at it. Looking at it. Give me some of that soup. So, and I, I want some, though. Really want some? So I'm asking you. to buy this. Yes, you got to buy it. I didn't kill me. What you got? What good is it going to do? I that seed in his life. What good is it going to do me? What good is my birth? That's out in the field. Oh, he sold it. 
the prodigal son, he wasn't hungry. He wasn't thirsty. He told his father, give me my inheritance on this. Give me my portion. As a father, he's got his portion. And to you. when you, on everything that you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the law of Moses was still in effect. Christ lived under the law of Moses. He died under the law of Moses. He actually resurrected under the law of Moses. The New Testament didn't start to the day of Pentecost. Under the law of Moses, when a man had a firstborn son, he was to get a, a double portion. He was to get a double portion. Everyone after that, they get a portion to be divided equally. That was the father, that was the eldest son, that was the youngest son. The eldest son is going to get a double portion. So what the father did, he took a third. Gave a third for himself, gave a third to the eldest son, third to the youngest. They were the eldest son was to get a double portion. The eldest son was going to get when he died. And that would be his double portion. That's why he told him, he was ever with me, and all I have is yours. When I die, you're going to get it. So the son, the youngest son, took his third. That was his inheritance. He was going to get it. He said, give it to me now until you die. But because he didn't value it, he went out and spoiled it with riotous living. That's a horrible thing to do. But he did come to himself. He said, let me return to my father's house. And the father took him back. So what was his punishment? If I can just leave, pop back up any time in the future. What's my punishment? Because you wouldn't give Esau restoration. Or did he? he am, I, am I making the question clear? What's the difference, Brother LJ, Brother uh, Caleb, I guess you out there, I don't know if you are or not, Brother Greg, Brother Ron, Brother Michael, uh, all of you brothers, and all of you sisters, is God showing partiality? Esau could refuse find no place of repentance, though he started carefully with tears address those things. This is why you make the calling and he lets you sure. When you see benefits and the consequence, Brother LJ do that. You got to see it. So I'm posing that to the whole congregation. God give us grace and maybe get on a Sunday. Even those on Boxcast and Zoom, text it in. I like to hear you. Or is God, a, is, is, is God a respecter person? Because he says redundantly, old and new covenant, God is no respecter person. Why this prodigal son? It would seem to be one miss and each. Did they both get the same? If so, how? Or if they didn't get the same, give me up. I still got a chance for eternity. Be wrong. You think God's going to let me do anything or you do anything, just get a resurrection, go on and overcome later. That's a myth. That's contrary to the Bible. Anyway, that's the question, Brother LJ. But I love the spirit I felt. I love the vision I felt. Don't let this question bog you down. Just chew on it. It's been a good night, but I want you to do a takeaway, and I want to hear your answers. You can even write them just so I can hear. If you have a thought, write it down and just put it up on the platform. I want to know what you think. But I'd like you to see the Lord through the lattice. Sometimes he's a little obscure. It's not always easy to see him. But he's always in the book. You'll always find him in those pages. He's there. He said, it's the glory of God to conceal the matter. But it's the, it's the honor of kings. That's bride members to search a matter out. 
And so learning God's very nature is not what we think, but it's what he reveals. That's who he is. So uh, I agree with your brother, LJ. That granddad of them all parables. If you never learn a parable, you ought to learn that one. And always ask yourself, what type of ground am I now? Amen. When God brought you to the best thing on third, this side of third heaven, which is his order, not just assembly. Thank God we're part of that. But it's his order, it's his truth, it's his ministry. You held accountable. Jesus put it like John, better. Peter put it best. He says, better that even know the way of righteousness than after you know it, to return again to your what? No, he said, if they know it, then to turn away from the holy commandment. This is, this is according to the true proverb, a dog is returned to his, oh, God. And a sow is a female hog that was washed to what? Wow. These things get, go back one verse up, verse 21. Verse 21. Well, it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. That's all of it. They're talking about Esau, yes. They're talking about the parable of the prodigal son, yes. And after they have known it, to turn from the what? Well, why did it happen? Why is that recorded? Verse 22. But it has happened unto them according to the what? A dog. That's something that was unclean, that was made clean, turned to his what? Don't vomit again. The reason you vomit is because it didn't agree with your system. Why would I return? That doesn't agree with my soul being saved. There's own vomit in the sow hall that was washed by the word of God for walloping in what I was doing. And so the prodigal son, why did God take him and he didn't just take him back? You know what he did? He put, he put the best ring on his finger. Then he killed the fatty calf. And put the best robe on him. He put great honor on him. But why would you do that? When he dishonored you, your house, and your teaching. It's a reason for that. I want you to see, see the can you see. And he did no more for him. God did it for each. Did he? Yes, he blessed him. Brother LJ, that'll help us to want to make sure we bring him forth fruits unto perfection. Are you with me, saints of God? Okay, how many are for the challenge? Let me see your hand. I'm looking for responses. It's in there. I didn't make it up. Where you get that from? God talked to me. I don't see. Very, very rarely hear me say that. I know it's God. He didn't talk to me audibly. He had a conversation with me. He showed me this. Made my heart happy. Amen. So I say, let's work to be what? Good, I can't even work to be what? Good ground. You can take bad ground. I, I'll, I'm, Israel did that with the sand and what they inherited. That was a desolate wilderness. You know what he did? They export more flowers and fruits than any other nation. They took that bad ground and made something good. Surely we can do likewise, can't we? Um, uh, <laughs> let's remember Brother Jeremiah. He did text. Uh, he says, uh, it actually prayer. Also, please remember the Lawson's daughter. I can't remember her name. Sister, Sister Denise, what's her name? 
Demetria? That's not right. I didn't say that. Yes, Demetria. Thank Demetria. you. Okay, thank you. Um, keep her in prayer. Operation at the end of this month, I believe. Is it the 29th, Sister Denise, while I have you on? Yes, the yes, 29th. Please, please add her to the prayer list. Thank you. Um, but let's remember, uh, that's serious, but Brother Brown, Sister Grace, Brother David Giggs, let's remember Brother Mike Nelson. Um, Sister Tangela, keep her in prayer. Uh, Sister Demetria, I mentioned her, surgery on the 29th. Work that's in San Marcos, and also as they're working, looking for somewhere, a home that we can own, um, even better facilitate. Also, let's remember uh, job situations for the Saints, those that are looking for better employment. Uh, saints who are traveling, our aging parents and caregivers, those who are testifying to, those who are wounded, confused, and scattered. Such was some of us. Never forget that. that keep us with the heart to reach out to others. Remember the state that we was in. Sister Denise, I see your hand up. Uh, I was just going to let you know that Brother David Giggs passed away. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Brother Joy got the call during the uh, meeting tonight. So please remember the uh, Giggs family, Giggs family and also the Lawson family. Brother David is actually Brother Joy's first cousin. Yes. So remember the Giggs and the Lawsons. Thank you. Will do. Yes, ma'am. Let's remember those families. Come now. You've come too far. <laughs> the next step you take. <laughs> Been a little comical, <laughs> but uh, let's remember those in prayer. Uh, any others that I left off that I forgot about? Yes, sir. Let's remember Brother Sean and Sister Tammy. They're out the country. Brother Elton Fletcher, your hand. Oh, Sister... Ellen, dealing with bad sinuses and a migraine. That's why she's not on Zoom. I don't know if that's why your hand is up, but she did. I think you're talking, but the mic's still muted. Okay. Also, uh, she's going to have cataract surgery on next month, so just put her on the on the prayer list. She'll, she'll be having both eyes done, one one in the beginning of March, and I think one a little later. Yes, sir. So, we'll do. Let's keep Brother also, uh, he's on Zoom, but let's keep Brother Rick Powell in prayer. He's still sniffling and coughing, and he wants to be in a meeting. You know how Brother Rick can be very expressive, but uh, pray that he gets relief uh, so he can make it in person. And Brother Richard also, I believe he's supposed to be here Sunday. Let's keep Brother Richard in prayer. Any other? Well, we get an opportunity as a host of people to get the attention of heaven. Let's take these prayer requests before expecting and believing that the Lord is well in. Lord, we thank you and we appreciate you. That's your name, Lord. Lord, we thank you today. Remember those, those who get family. Remember the lost his family. Lord, encourage you, keep you. Let you well in. Strengthen, courage, confidence. Lord, keep our minds stayed on you. Those that's been to you. Lord, increase their 
Bless your name. Lord, thank you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We are still using the offering box. So we'll give you a chance to, um, if you haven't wrote your checks, write them on out. Put an extra zero. And um, trust in the Lord. <laughs> but also, honestly, uh, let's make sure we stay faithful not giving. Not doing it as a duty. Doing it with joy. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. His offering. Well, it's time to sing a song. Prepare in meetings. But let's remember, we have church cleanup March 9th. Uh, that's been being announced for about uh, since the middle of January. So pretty much everyone should be here um, to help out, get it done. Not coming up on us unaware. Been there. Hadn't moved it. Haven't changed it. 8 o'clock, March 9th. Also, let's remember, I sent the text message out to anyone that was planning to go to the youth meeting next month. Please let me know. Uh, just getting a head count, knowing who all is going. I did talk to some saints uh, that do plan on going. Uh, and St. Marco's meeting, Labor Day weekend. Meeting, we're going to ask everyone on Zoom, BoxCast, as part of this ministry, uh, the Labor Day weekend. Going to have another all inclusive meeting. But there is be many meetings many meetings, my, my a small one. And we're planning one for the Target. Is sure. it really? Those who are not going. Well, when what dates are they? Twenty eight, twenty. No, that's a Friday, Sarah. Friday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, we'll yield so everybody can go. Be encouraging everyone to go to the New York meeting. I'm not going. Cause my that we have no need. So if you're consider yourself a you six to four, almost six to four and a half. I don't consider my not just for you. Responsibility. So. I'm encouraging everyone to go. It's a good meeting. Typically good. So not just spiritually, but even. I encourage those who have the time, have the little uh, Ron will show you around. He's been living there for years. That's his stomping ground. I'll put a collar on him, make sure he keep up with him. <laughs> New York is a, it's an interesting city. It really is. It's one to behold. Love to visit. Two things about New York. I love to go. I love even more to leave. Say that more than two days, you're ready to get out of there. But it's interesting. Fascinating. Walk down the sidewalk in Manhattan for hours. Look at you. Concrete. Fascinating. I would encourage you if you have the means. Young people, you enjoy your youth, enjoy your lack of respect. That's what enabled Moses you to go. <laughs> God bless you. So we'll pull back for the benefit of that. That is that all the announcement? That's all the announcement. And I won't turn 
Love you all. You're dismissed. Amen.